Hi, my name's James, and I'm going to take us through the next in our series of a Spirit-filled church. Our focus this morning is spiritual gifts. What are they? Are they good for us? Do we need them? Do we really want them? Uh, so whether you've been with us for many years, or perhaps you'll be joining us for the first time, uh, I really pray this morning that you uh, can engage with what we're talking about and that God blesses you because he loves to bless us. He's a good God and we're his people. This month, uh, in, in fact, in a few days time, it's my eldest son's seventh birthday. And uh, to say that he is excited is a massive understatement. He is uh, just been talking about presents and what he's going to get and all the exciting things um, and let's be honest when you are that age it's not so much about the the party or the friends or the cake it's it's entirely about the presents and his list is growing ever longer and it changes sometimes and as parents it's our job to kind of look at what he's asking for and say right is what is appropriate what's right for him at this at this point in his life is it is it this is it that and uh there are some things that he's asking for that we think, yep, yeah, those are great, that's a great idea. And there are other things that he's asking for that we think, I'm not really sure that's, that's right at this moment. Uh, and so we have to make that decision, what's right for him. But as parents, we want to bless him, we want to show him, uh, we love him by, by giving him gifts. And, and, and our Father God is just like that. He knows where, what gifts uh, are right for us and he loves to give us things he absolutely loves to bless his people and so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to think about how we can receive gifts what are they how do they work and uh, we're going to see how much our God loves us and how he loves to shower us with gifts so we're going to split into three points we're going to look at what we're going to look at how and we're going to look at why so our first point this morning is what what are the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4, Paul sets out lists of spiritual gifts, and they can be put into three main groups or categories. The first is gifts of revelation. That is the Holy Spirit speaking through us, revealing things, revealing things to us um, so that we can interact with people. There's a great example of when Jesus meets a woman at the well, and he asks her, woman, where is your husband? And Jesus knows that she hasn't got a husband and actually she's uh, been with several men. And what he's, what he, hasn't, he knows that because he hasn't been following her around. He hasn't been stalking her or asking around after her. He knows that because the Holy Spirit reveals something in him, uh, to him about her. And it has this incredible impact on her life and the wider uh, community that she's part of. The second category is gifts of power. These are uh, miracles, they are healings, and in the book of Acts, there's a story of how Peter and John uh, are walking into Jerusalem and they come to a, a gate called Beautiful. And there's a man sat there and he's, uh, he can't walk, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a beggar, and he calls out for money. And Peter says to him, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And the man gets up and he doesn't just walk, he runs into the temple worshipping God. The third group is gifts of inspiration. That is the Holy Spirit speaking through us. That's prophecy, uh, the gift of tongues, and the gift of interpreting tongues, among others. Jesus tells his disciples when he uh, returns, uh, returns to heaven that they should go and wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. And as they do that, they are blessed with the Holy Spirit and there's tongues of fire and they start to prophesy and speak in different languages. Looking at all three passages, 1 Corinthians, Romans, and Ephesians, 
there are the lists are similar but they're not the same and it's not an exhaustive list they're, they fluctuate, they're not the same length. The question I have to ask myself, or the question that I ask myself at this point is, surely as the church, as churches, there should be one list for all. Surely we should all be following the same list and we should be having the same blessing of each of them in each, uh, for each church to have the same blessing for, for each of the gifts. But Paul is writing to three distinct churches with different characteristics. When I write reports for children, I write individualised comments about their progress and what they can do. Yes, some children are similar. They might be able to do the same things, or maybe they can't do the same things. And on paper, some children might look identical. But actually, uh, what I know is that each child has an individual journey, and my report reflects that they have taken what they've done and how much progress they've made. Paul isn't writing one list for all. He writes encouragingly, and very challengingly in, some, challengingly in some cases to each church about the gifts that they use and, uh, and the gifts that they use well and the gifts that they really need to kind of work on and what they need to improve. What on the surface appears to be a muddle or a confusion is actually Paul revealing the beautiful uniqueness of each individual church. I think one of the more important messages we need to hear as individuals and as a church is that God has an individual plan for us, for you as an individual and for us as a church as a whole. There's a danger in today's Christian bubble that we can spend too much time looking at churches all over the world and saying, oh, isn't that amazing? We need to do that here. We need to do the same here. We need to make this work for us here. And yes, it's good to be inspired by other places and what other people are doing. But we mustn't forget that what God is doing here is what he wants us to be, to be a unique church, using the gifts in a unique way, a Hope Church Winchester shaped way. God's gifts are unique and his plan for you, for us as a church, is, is exclusive. So often I've met Christians who are so disheartened by the gifts of the Spirit. They think that because they can't prophesy or because they can't speak in tongues or because they, they, they don't hear the audible voice of God, that they're not a charismatic person, they're not charismatic people. But Paul's lists tell us that the gifts are unique and wide ranging. And they bring life. And if they bring life and encouragement to the church, then by definition, they are charismatic. It's a lie to think that one more gift is more important than another. The gifts come from one spirit. That is the Holy Spirit in us. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given not to drive us apart into one man ministries and to separate us as worship leaders over here or uh, preachers over here or artists and creatives over here. It's drawn, the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to draw us together as one body, as one people in Christ. We are joined together in Jesus, in his death and resurrection, we are joined together in him. We are individuals, but we are linked together in Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. It's because that we have different gifts that we're drawn together. And that's what makes the church good. That's what God wants. He wants to bring us together for the common good of the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 20, it says this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, 
are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make it that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an ear, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. As a body, as Hope Church, God is gifting individuals to serve the church in this moment. You might be a foot, or a hand, or an elbow, or even a nostril. Whatever gift God has given you, then we are one body together in Christ. If you've been given the gift of administration, then that is a gift given to you by God. And I don't have the gift of administration, and so I need you. Jesus needed to be filled with the Spirit. And reading through the Gospels, we see he used the gifts of the Spirit to, to, to work with the disciples, but also to go out and work with the crowds. So what we learn from Paul's letters is that there are general categories of gifts, but there isn't a limit on what they are. Wherever we are at the moment, God gives us the gifts we need to bless not just other Christians, but the people outside the church that we mix with. Maybe a word of encouragement, some godly wisdom in a work situation. We don't need to be weird when we do this. I have had a vision from the Lord. That's going to scare people off. We need to be careful and we need to be gracious in how we communicate it. Perhaps saying things like, I know that things are really tough at the moment and I've been praying for you. Would it be helpful if I did this or would it be helpful or does this make sense? And let's scatter seed. Steve's been encouraging us over the last weeks and months to scatter seed. We don't want to run up to people and throw the seed in their face. What we want to do is we want to gently scatter the seed in the situations that we are in and wait for God to bring it to, to fruit. So now we've established what the gifts are, we can look at why we would want them. When I was 18, my parents offered me the option of having a birthday party or having a present. And we're looking back on it now and reflecting it upon it, I made the very wise and actually very out of character choice to have a party and not have more stuff. We spent a long time choosing the restaurant and inviting friends, invitations, colour schemes, food, etc. And on my 18th birthday, I woke up completely content in the idea that I was going to have all my friends together and we were going to celebrate. What I didn't realise was, when I went into breakfast with my parents, was that they'd bought me a gift as well. I was totally blown away. It was totally unexpected. God giving his children gifts is a bit like this. Being saved into God's kingdom is the greatest gift ever. There is nothing like it. Knowing that we're forgiven and welcomed back into our Father's arms is an incredible blessing. And actually, for most of us, if we knew that that was it, to know that we're going to spend an eternity with our loving Father in heaven, that's enough. I'm happy. I'm content. But act actually, God goes one step further. But he doesn't just go one step further and think, oh, I need to give you a gift. Oh, here's something. It kind of works and it, it'll kind of work for you. Here you go. 
God's not like that. When we become Christians, Christians, God gifts us not just the last thing on the shelf or a last minute buy. He gifts us handcrafted, personalised uh, gifts that are suitable only for us, not for anyone else. They're just for us and they're totally unique. Last week, Phil shared excellently about how we need to juggle four essential parts of Christian life. I hope the juggling practice is going well, Phil. Can't wait to see it. Phil told us that our Christ as Christians, our life should encompass an individual relationship with God by praying and worshipping, by reading the Bible, and a corporate relationship with God. But the fourth essential, and quite often the one that we forget the most, is having a relationship with non-Christians. Jesus has given us a commission to make disciples of all nations. And we definitely need God's help. In my own strength, I, couldn't, I can't make people become Christians. I can't do that. I need God's help. He promises to give us his Holy Spirit. If he promises to give us gifts through the Holy Spirit's presence in us, they are not an optional extra. We need them if we're going to do all that he wants us to do as individuals and as churches. The gifts are not exclusive to the church. They are given for us to use throughout our lives to bless those around us in the church, but also those not in it. Each of us is given specific gifts in a specific time. And we read, as we read before in 1 Corinthians 12, it tells us that as a body, our roles within the church are unique to us. Learning to accept what God has given us can be hard. I can often look around and think, oh, I wish I could prophesy like that, or I wish I could, I wish I could study the Bible like that. I wish I had that knowledge. But what God has placed in me, what he's placed in you, is completely unique to who you are and how he made you and how he wants you to be. God gives his people with wonderful things because he loves us and he wants us to thrive within the body. As we read before, what would be the point of having an ear if you can't hear or a nose if it can't smell? The gifts are given to us no matter how long we've been a Christian whether you've been a Christian two minutes or 80 years. There's no bank with God. You can't build up a savings and then receive a, an ab abundant blessing. God has a unique gift just for you and it's totally free. God may have given you natural abilities to, to sing or to dance, to paint, or a wonderful ability with Excel spreadsheets. But even so, God expects each of us to be filled with the Spirit. He wants us singing, our playing, our painting, our poetry, our working with spreadsheets, to be filled with the Spirit and to be Spirit-led. Some of you uh, are gifted in encouragement and praying, and we're all called to do these things, but some have a special gift from God in this area. God wants all of us to desire spiritual gifts. We all need the Holy Spirit's gift of wisdom, of power and inspiration in doing what God has called us to do with the abilities that each of us has. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul both encourages and teaches the church, which, quite frankly, is a bit of a train wreck in, 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 in many ways. Paul even writes to them saying that their meetings do more harm than good. But instead of shutting them down and closing the church and sending everybody away, Paul doesn't do that. In his letter, he teaches them in great detail about what they're doing right, and what they're doing wrong. 
I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the Corinthian church. It sounds like it was absolutely crazy. Spiritual gifts being brought left, right and centre. Absolute chaos. But their heart was completely in it. They wanted to bring the gifts of the Spirit into their meetings. And they're at one end of the spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum is the Thessalonian church. And Paul writes to them in 1 Thessalonians 5 and he simply says, Do not quench the Spirit. That's quite a short and challenging verse. But what we, need to what we need to be is we need to be a church that eagerly hungers the gifts. We don't close them down. We need to be in this warm spot in the middle. Not going completely crazy and not closing it off. But listening to what God has for us and engaging with what we have, what he's given us. How many times have I walked past somebody at work and been prompted to say something and I haven't? Or been in church and God's raising up a song in me and I'm going, no, God, don't make me sing. I don't want to be embarrassed. Don't panic. God's not going to smite you down because you didn't do something or because he prompted you and you didn't, you didn't follow what he was asking. We, we have a gracious father who loves us. God sees your heart. He knows where you're at. And he's, he honours your obedience and he loves and honours what you do. It's a little bit like over the Easter holidays, Leo learnt to ride his bike. It took a little while, and it was quite frustrating to begin with, and I would push behind him and I would set him off, and then he would give up. And then I would try again, and he would give up. And it was frustrating, but I kept with him. I didn't stop loving him because he fell off his bike, or because he couldn't be bothered, or because he gave up really quickly. Thankfully, God is far more gracious than I was when Leo was learning to ride his bike, which he can do very well now. The best way to practice our gifts is to use them. I appreciate a normal Sunday morning can be an intimidating place to bring or practice spiritual gifts if you're experimenting for the first time. Perhaps a community group or a small group of close friends is a great place to start using the gifts. It's a safe space. I appreciate in our current circumstances that might be a little bit difficult, but sending an email, a phone call, Maybe even a, another Zoom meeting or an instant message is a great way of just saying, hey, I think God's gifting me this or I want the gift of this. Please, can you help me? And it just brings an accountability into the relationship. You're not always going to get it right. And that's totally OK. As Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, he challenges him to exercise in faith the gifts that God has given him. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. A few months ago, I was hosting a meeting at Northside. During the worship, I felt like I had a word for somebody. It wasn't really related to the songs that we'd been singing or anything that anybody had brought, but I felt like God was challenging me to do it. And I had these doubts of, oh, but what if, you know, it's not related to anything. It feels a little bit strange. Perhaps it's not right. Anyway, I brought the word. And I can't remember exactly word for word because I don't have the gift of a good memory. But what I do remember was something about a boat and it was on a storm and there was something to do with a mast. And so I brought this word and as I kind of opened my eyes, nothing happened. There was no mighty move of the spirit. There weren't people falling over, weeping in the aisles. Nothing happened. And I kind of sat back down at the end of the and I felt a little bit like, oh, maybe maybe that's not right. But never mind, we'll see what happens. Steve comes straight up to me after the worship and he says, James, 
somebody brought a word at Central this morning that was word for word the same as that one. And I immediately felt so encouraged that I had been obedient to God. I'd followed what he told me to do. And then at the end of the meeting, somebody came up to me and said, actually, do you know what? I really feel that that word's for me. And my heart was, was lifted because I knew that I had been obedient to God. Do you know what? Ultimately, even if Steve hadn't come to tell me that it, what had happened at Central, or this person hadn't come to receive prayer at the end, it doesn't matter because I had been obedient to what I thought God had given me. And that's the most important thing, that we honour God with the gifts that we're given. Our identity is not in the success of the word that is brought. Our identity comes in our Saviour, in Jesus. Using our gifts can be scary, but whatever happens, we can trust that we are loved by our Father who delights in us. The enemy loves to come in and whisper, you're useless, that doesn't make any sense. Leave it to them, leave it to the people who always bring words. And I want to sit, I'm sitting here this morning and I say, I rebuke those lies in the name of Jesus. The enemy has no place to tell you what you can and can't do with your gifts. Now, a quick word about when we receive gifts, because it's all very well saying that we're going to use them, but what do we do when we're given them? Well, let me tell you now, not every word you receive is going to hit the nail on the head, and some of them are going to feel a little bit weird and wacky. That's totally fine. What we need to be is we need to be a people who are loving, who are gracious, who are, we, receive, we receive words. And do you know what? If you've been out for a walk in the countryside, which I think most of us have done, you might have noticed there's quite a bit of sticky weed around. And words and wisdom and uh, prophecies, a bit like sticky weed. If it sticks to you and you won't get off, then actually you know it's for you. The Holy Spirit in you has been prompted. But if it falls away, then it's, then it's not for you. But let's be gracious in how we receive it. When somebody brings something, to, brings something to us, we need to say, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to take, away, take that away and I'm going, to, I'm going to rest with it. I'm going to pray to God and see what he says. I'm going to let it sit in my heart. Let's be a people who are open to the gifts of the Spirit. Let's encourage each other. Let's challenge each other. But let's do it with grace and love as we share and as we receive the gifts that are given to us. Fillmore writes of the gifts in 1 Corinthians as... Grace gifts given to undeserving believers as part of Jesus's strategy to continue his incarnate ministry on earth today. Jesus Christ has taken on human flesh, your flesh, my flesh and every other believer's flesh as he unites us together through the same Holy Spirit and equips us with gifts to win the world through his power. I love that bit at the end through his power, because it takes all the pressure off me and my performance and puts it purely on Jesus' feet. Our final point this morning is how. How do I get the gifts? Well, first of all, and as we've heard in recent weeks, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to make sure that we're continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And just as a child asks endlessly for presents from their parents, for birthdays or for Christmas or whatever it may be, we can come to our Father, the Creator God of the universe, our Abba Father, and just simply ask, God, please can I have this gift? Can I have the gift of, pro gift of prophecy? Can you have the gift of tongues? Whatever it is, our Father is not going to turn you away. He's not going to laugh in your face and throw it back at you. Jesus literally says so in Matthew 7. It says, if you then, who are evil, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The best way to seek gifts is to spend time with our Heavenly Father, praying, fasting and studying his word. The more we press into Jesus, the greater our realisation that it's not our own strength, but it's in him working inside of us through the work of the Holy Spirit. I long to be a Christian who knows his identity is cemented on the unbreakable cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. Secure in the knowledge that there is nothing that this world can do to separate me from my Abba Father. We live in a time where it's easy to think that the use of the gifts uh, has been stifled. But church, let me tell you, I truly believe that we are in a season of training and equipping God is transforming us. He is building us. He is challenging us to be a people who aren't afraid to stand up and be counted for. He is building us, drawing us into a mould that is Hope Church Winchester. Our own unique, God-sized shape that is relevant to this city and to the wider community. We, we have a God who is calling us to be a people who, when we gather together again, will not stay silent for the gospel because we know he who is in us is greater than anything in this world and if that's not worth shouting about then I don't know what is. So whatever your gifting is, use it. If you desire something, seek after it earnestly and let's allow God to transform us into who he wants us to be as a community of believers. I long to be a Christian who knows his identity is cemented in Jesus Christ. To know that there is nothing that this world can throw at me that's going to separate me from the cornerstone that is my Abba Father. Church, it can feel in this time like spiritual gifts are being stifled. But I want to tell you, I truly believe that in this, this season that we're in, in this lockdown season, God is using it to build us up, to train us, to equip us for, uh, for a time that is coming, that when we gather back together, that nothing that this world can throw at us is going to stop. Because he who is in us is greater than anything in this world. We, we follow a God, we serve a God, we are loved by a God who is calling us into a Winchester Hope, Hope Church Winchester shape. Something that is unseen, that is completely unique. And we need to open our hearts to what he's going to do in us over the next few weeks and months. Because let me tell you, there is nothing that will stand in the way of what God is doing. So whatever your gifting is, use it. If you desire something, seek after it earnestly, because we have a God who loves us, who delights in us and wants the best for us. He's transforming us into a community of believers that serve him and love him and love each other. I want to pray for us now, but I'm not just going to pray. I want us to to just spend a moment listening to God and resting in his presence. So will you join me? Let's just lay aside our mornings, whatever's happened today, let's just rest it aside. Let's close our eyes. Let's lift our hands out as if we're ready to receive gifts that God has for us, whatever that might be. Let's just rest in his presence for a moment. Father, thank you.
Father, I want to pray for the people who are watching this. If you're listening to this, our Father, I pray, would you come now by your abundant blessing? Holy God, would you come speak into lives now? Father, I pray, would you come and gift this church in a new way? Father, help us transform hearts, transform hearts in Jesus' name to know what you're giving to them. Father God, we pray, would you, would you come now and I pray the gifts that people are desiring, the gifts that you have given people, would you come and unlock them now in Jesus' name? I pray, Father, for a season of transformation in the church, of understanding our identity in Christ and the gifts that come with it. God, would you open hearts now, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining with us this morning. God bless you as you go about your week and we'll see you again soon.